Hey everybody, good morning. <laughs> it is the first early morning recording that I have done for this uh, uh, for this hobby of mine in a while. So I'd like to welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Al the Scientist podcast. We got a good one today because we're going to go through the week one recap of March Mammal Madness. And before I do that though, uh, last Saturday was my birthday. I am now uh, old. <laughs> I'm in my later 20s, 27, uh, and I got a few gifts that I'd like to highlight. First would be this Lego mug that, unfortunately, uh, cannot hold coffee because it'll melt, but it's got water in it right now because I need to need to lay off the coffee because I've had way too much this week. I had an exam on Thursday. I had way... Uh, Way too much coffee in preparation, so I need to tone it down with some water. Um, I'm going to drink that right now. Anyway, um, thank you, Laura and Kevin. And then I also got... Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> one time I got real plastered at Secrets, and I got plastered off of Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, or Tennessee Honey Whiskey, and... It tastes awesome. It goes down so smooth. And I'm going to drink that just one shot for the morning. I know, what a great wake up. Replacing coffee with whiskey. Just as a quick cheers uh, to my friends Brendan and Alyssa for getting it for me. But that's not the only handle that I got for my birthday. I also got from... I think Chelsea, it was Chelsea and Paulina. They got me Secrets Distilling Company Lemon Drop Vodka. And as I said earlier, I got plastered at a club, and the club was Secrets, and Chelsea and Paulina were also there. So the joke remains. Thanks, guys. I'm not going to drink this one right now because uh, I don't think I can handle vodka right now. <laughs> but uh, Tennessee whiskey is going to work a lot better for me. Um, I'd like to apologize for the crackling sound that is my window trying to survive the wind because uh, the little plastic cover that we had over it broke and so we had to replace replace the I think it was like the tape that came with the plastic cover with like packaging tape so now it's all crackly and yes it does bother me in the middle of the night but we're gonna get over it uh, cheers all right let's get started uh, don't have a whole lot of time, but we have week one recap of the 2023 March Mammal Madness from the Arizona uh, Univer Arizona State University. Um, as I mentioned in the first episode of this podcast, it's run by the scientists over there. Uh, they're really into conservation efforts. I'm going to hide my beautiful face with the web page. Um, so if you're looking for the results, you can find them here on the main website for March Mammal Madness. I should already have the results. Yeah, yeah, there's a tournament results tab already here. If we scroll down, we'll find uh, choose your own results as mentioned. Results will be posted this morning after each game uh, by 8 a.m. Eastern. So perfect. It's nine. Oh, it's almost 10 here. East. Um, taking the sports style summaries, MC Marmot, all the details, screen readers summaries. Let me see the winners. Let's see the sports style summaries. 
Oh, okay, cool. Uh, we're going to start with the wild card. Oh. Oh, that's pretty cool. They got, like... Oh, this is very detailed. Oh, wow. Oh, what is this? This is the Thunderdome. Just kidding. Okay, this is not fourth male. This is the Battle of, like, Gladiator. Oh, wow. Sorry, I'm scrolling through this whole thing. Uh, just because I've never seen it before, and it looks awesome. If you're learning, you're winning. Since 2013. Wow, okay. Um, so let's bring up my bracket. If we see here, I said the Kudu would win it all, right? <laughs> I still believe that. Anyway, so we have recaps for the Itty Bitty Comeback Committee wild card winner, the Dad Bods, and the Mighty Stripes, which the Kudu is in. Uh, but we're going to start with the wildcard winner, which is between the Shroom Mole and the Bumblebee Bat. Now, last year when I did this, I read through all of the winner details, or winners, or the fights, rather, in full detail. I don't think I'm going to do that this year because that takes up a lot of time. However, I will uh, go over it for the animals that I find particular interest in. And also the animals that maybe you guys find particularly interesting. If you comment or send me a message like, hey, please detail this fight, I will go over that. So please reach out. Always willing to <laughs> assist the crowd and assist the chat um, with their entertainment needs. I really do love this mug. It's just funny to look at and it's funny to hold. And everything is awesome. Now, the wild card round was between the Shroom Mole, the Roxas Gibsy, Gibsy, versus the Bumblebee Bat, the Crassoni Citeris Thonglong Yai. Nice. Anyway, that's the this is the picture of the bat, the Bumblebee Bat on the right, and then we got a picture of the Shroom Mole on the left. And if you guys are only listening to the podcast and not watching the video version. I can only describe them as very, very tiny, uh, <laughs> very, very tiny animals, <laughs> a tiny mole and a very, very tiny bat. I think they were like the size of a finger, or even smaller from what I remember, an adult finger, possibly. Anyway, so tonight's battle location was determined by a coin toss, given the shrew mole home habitat advantage on Destruction Island, Washington. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Coyote Needles National Wildlife Refuge, home to the Coyote Nation, Shroomole scurries along the fourth floor searching for worms, insects, isopods to eat. Dusk approaches as the rain patterns, patters leaves. Okay, as I said, I'm not going to read all of this, so we're going to probably skip. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to highlight that it's always March Mammal Magic that brings the animals together. Just in case you thought magic was dead, it's not. Anyway, um, thwack. The wind tumbles Bumblebee Bat to the ground, cartwheeling the bat across the maple shrew mole and dislodging the maple leaf blanket. Shrew mole dives back under its leaf leaf and freezes motionless. A minute later, sniffles the air for a strange hashtag stranger danger. Bumblebee Bat needs food. The rain keeps uh, the flying insects. Wait, wait, wait. Bumblebee Bat needs food. The rain keeps the flying insects down. But this bat has several hunting strategies, including catching invertebrates from the ground. 
True moles can't stay still for long, has to get calories, and resume hunting too. Only Bat begins munching on the familiar food source, Daddy Longlegs, Harvestman, an arachnid. While Shroomole is hot on the hunt for beetle grubs running along the fallen log, Shroomole runs off the field of battle. Bumblebee Bat outlasts the Shroomole. Which, dang, because I totally picked the... Wait, where is, is my bracket? I totally picked the mole to win, which, dang it. Okay, let's highlight the Bumblebee Bat as the clear winner here. That is a very light color. We're going to get a dark color. I'm going to highlight it with a dark red. No? Dark blue? Dark blue. Okay, cool. And now we move on to the dad bot winners. And as we see, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fights to go through. And the fight that I'm most interested in here... Ooh, I want to see the Wolverine, because I have a Wolverine going through it all. And then the... Uh, Siamang, which is from Thailand, and my girlfriend would be very upset if I didn't go over that. So we're going to go over that. Do, 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 do. Opening the page, going back to the main page. Oh, dang. Okay, all right, back. Dad bods, round one. Read all about it. Oh, this is cool. This is this, I can't believe I didn't know they had this last year. Oh, I forgot to read who wrote that last fight. Sorry. Anyway, round one for dad bots. Emperor penguin versus the lion seahorse. The emperor penguin is the largest species of penguin, under a pound, 45 kilograms, and 3.3 feet with 100 centimeters, or about 100 centimeters. And the fifth heaviest bird overall. While males and females have the same yellow and black marking, the male is about 30% bigger than the females. This extra bulk helps them incubate their eggs against two months of harsh winter until the chick is ready to hatch. The lion seahorse, uh, Hippocampus erectus, are named for their white lions that help them camouflage themselves into seagrass-based habitats. The lion seahorse is small, 15.3 centimeters and 14.3 grams, with males being slightly bigger than females. Lion seahorse dads are responsible for the care of sea fowls. The females deposit the eggs into the male's brood pouch, where they are fertilized and incubated for about two weeks. Lion seahorse typically have just one partner in life, monogamy with whom they engage in complex bonding behaviors win it all 2008 perfect nice little picture of the penguins and a nice little picture of the seahorse grabbing a kelp leaf it looks like awesome it's yellow yellow seahorse very cute uh we're just gonna read the highlights the last sentence <laughs> lion seahorse is swimming towards the sea ice hoping for warmer shallows when the penguin swims from below and swallows the seahorse soul seahorse hole is swallowing his soul too uh the emperor penguin swallows the giant seahorse narrated by dr mana desari nice good job dr desari and so i said the emperor penguin would win so i'm correct now i'm gonna highlight gonna highlight my results to help me realize what's going on Next is the owl monkey. Ooh, wait, no. Next is not the owl monkey. Oh, okay, okay, right. I think they're going by C here. So next is the greater ray and the three-spined stickleback fish. Cool-looking fish. Got, like, a little nest in this picture. Literally looks like a bird's nest underwater. That's pretty neat. And then we got the ostrich that's looking directly at the cameraman, ready to peck. 
Um, I'm not going to get into the whole details here. Yeah, it's because that's going to take forever. Anyway, let's read the last few sentences. Greater raised chicks. Trump slosh playful in the stream. The greater ray begins to herd his chicks. Wait, the greater ray is not an ostrich. I don't know why I said that. That's, that's rude. This is, not, this is rude. Okay. Um, the greater raised chicks tromp lost playfully in the stream, and the greater ray begins to herd his chicks back to the nest. Chicks trompling his chirps by mud. Chick trompling, trick chomping has churned up mud, ruining the water for the stickleback forage. Stickleback swims and flops furiously in the streamlet to escape the playful ray chicks and muddy water. Chomp. Greater ray makes a fast snack of the fish. Greater ray defeats the stickleback. Narrated by Dr. Malika Sarma. And I do want to say that uh, these stories are long. If you want a full details of the fight, I highly recommend it. I am just going through it real quick for, you know, podcasting reasons and the fact that I have uh, just research to get back to later on today and homework. Anyway, so the Great Array beats the Stickleback. And if we go back to my bracket, I said that the... Oh, I said the Ray would win, so perfect. Already on track here. I do know some of the results for these fights because I caught them on Twitter live, so if it seems like I'm not that surprised, <laughs> please <laughs> please don't be upset. And let's see. Where is it? Oh, yeah, 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 we're gonna move on to the next fight. Moving down. Uh oh yes, the Wolverine versus the Great Waterbug. I said I was gonna read this one, so how long is it? Wait, where's the water bug? You don't have a picture of the water bug? Oh, I guess there's no picture of the water bug. That's a little sad. Uh, but there's a picture of the wolverine. The wolverine looks sick. All right. Wolverine, C3 versus giant water bug, C14. Giant water bug, Blastoma lutarium, found in the aquatic habitats of eastern half of the U.S. Are ambush predators adapted for extra oral digestion. Stewart and Flangal, 2003. Or said another way, giant water bugs grab and hold underwater prey with their grasping front legs while impaling prey on the mouth syringe to inject liquefying spit so water bug can slurp up through a mouth siphon dissolved tadpodes like a milkshake. My lord. <laughs> After a lady giant water bug deposits an egg pad into the dad's back, giant male water bugs keep the eggs away from predators and keep the eggs moist by doing push-ups in the water line. Much like lizards of the desert, which I miss very much. Um, known as the brood pumping. Known as brood pumping. Anyway. The wolverine, Gulu Gulu. That's awesome. Walks on snow to scavenge the, sar the carcass of a lynx killed across his circumpolar range. It is the heaviest terrestrial mustelid. 30 kilograms. I don't even. I gotta look up mustelid. Wolverine has a brownish-black black fur and is often crossed by a gorgeous golden band from the crow across the shoulders to their rump. Nice. Wolverine dad bods sometimes visit dens of females with young and have been found to roam around their kids after kids move out their mom's den. Roam around with their kids after the kids move out of their den. Okay, pretty cool. This time with dad on the cusp of adulthood may be important time of learning and may improve survival. In the Springs-covered Rocky Mountains of Western North America, the Wolverine Lupin gallops, often gallops wide distances across his large territory, searching for winter kill carcass. Mid-March, the giant waterbug just emerged from overwintering in an inactive state 
protected in the leaf litter clumped in the shallows of the shoreline of the Shawnee National Forest in Illinois. Hungry and with breeding season around the corner, waterbugs need calories. Waterbugs submerges into the water, assuming an ambush position, extending his abdominal breathing snorkel, respiratory siphon beyond the water for air. Tiny bonk. Waterbug snorkel has hit ice? Question mark? Marsh mammal... Ma March Mammal Magic has transported the giant water bug to the frigid Rockies, but luckily there is some gap between water and ice, so this air-breathing insect is in no danger of suffocating, except the wolverine's wide paw bursts through the stream break ice, crushing the giant water bug. The wolverine defeats the giant water bug, narrated by Professor Katie Hine. Nice. Good. I'm very excited, because <laughs> that means I'm doing good in the brackets so far. Do, do highlight the Wolverine. Okay. All right, so we're running, <laughs> running a little long. Might have to do a little speed run here. Let me see. Slow it down. The Siamang versus. Oh, okay. I have to read this one. Oh wow, this is important. Oh look, those frog. That frog looks cool. That Darwin's frog. It's got a pointy nose. Pointy nose frog. Cheers. Um, Siamangs, Symphalangus syndictilis, are about twice the size of the other gibbon species. Wow. Adults are 26 pounds or around 12 kilograms. These guys stand one meter tall, if you can find them standing. Siamangs prefer to swing from the branch to branch using their extremely long arms and their 1.5 meter arm span. Nice. In a type of movement called Branchiation? I didn't know that. That's pretty awesome. Siamangs are the greatest of the lesser apes at being dads. Nice. Carrying their offspring through the forest. Males are the main carriers of the young. Once babies are a year old and have become really heavy for mom to carry and are not nursing often. Okay. Darwin's frog, Rhinoderma darwini are funny little guys with an average body length or snout to vent length SVL for all you uh, budding herpetologists of 27 millimeters or one inch and Darwin's frogs dads carry their tadpoles in their vocal sacs Darwin's frog Darwin frog dads transport and nurture the fertilized eggs and tadpoles in a big cheek pouch grand sacco political arrow for six to eight weeks before they come out and fully metamorphosize froglets Early morning in the tropical forests of the Gunny Lozier National Park, Indonesia, in the tropical rainforest of Sumatra, a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Uh, I guess that, that's just the location. I don't. Early morning in the tropical rainforest. I, I think they cut the sentence off a little bit. I don't know. Whatever. It's okay. Darwin's frog finds itself. <laughs> March mammal magicked into the slightly warmer, more tropical environment than the temperate rainforest of Chile and Argentina. While the temperature difference is not too bad, the frog is not a fan of being so high in the canopy. Darwin's frog blends into the environment thanks to their ability to camouflage as a leaf. He's looking around for any predators when he hears a tentative whoop, 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 That's kind of how uh, Simon, uh sounds. I... I've heard it in real life at the uh, uh, Smithsonian National Zoo in D.C. It is 
loud and it they, all of them start yelling at each other at once it's very entertaining if you've never heard it before which i didn't at the time then a deep inhale and scream reverberates through the forest yep darwin's frog is panicking as the entire tree is shaking the frog rips his branch and other leaves drop around him a black fuzzy figure seems to be flying through the tree branches it's sighing mang brachiating while calling vocalizing the deep reverb is coming from his thorax sac. It's the size of a grapefruit when fully inflated. Suddenly, Darwin's frog branches yank down from the lesser apes swing, and the frog plummets towards the forest floor as a small Siamang family unique territorial song reverberates through the forest. Siamang defeats the Darwin frog. Dang. Narrated by Mono Desari. The frog just fell to his death. But I did vote for the Siamang to win. Good job, babe. Yeah, let's Okay, for the, for the rest of these, we're just going to go and just read the last sentence because this is taking a while. We need to get to the next uh, section. So the spiny back lump sucker versus the peacock race. I said the spiny lump sucker would win. I didn't even recognize the seed when I said that. I know how that sounds, but I didn't. And it's cute. It's like this little ball thing, but I think it's going to hang on way too tight. Um, the peacock race grass. Well, he's got nothing to hold on to, but he's kind of a big fish. And let's read the last sentence. Again, the rash strikes, and it's time scrapes his face on the spiny lump sucker's tooth-like armor. Frustrated by a little fish nugget who refuses to budge, the race swims off. Pacific spiny lump sucker defeats the East Atlantic peacock race. Narrated by Professor Josh Drew. Nice. And that is who I voted for last, the lump sucker. Oh, man, the lump sucker's got to go into Siamang. I don't think it's going to go well for him. All right, moving on. Next. Bat-eared fox versus the spotted sandpiper. Is this where I said the sandpiper would win? I said the sandpiper would beat the fox. I might regret that. Oh, well, it said the sandpiper was mean and the fox runs away, so that's why I said that. Okay, last sentence. As spotted sandpiper defeat departs the field of battle, the bat-eared fox gorges on what he dashed in for. Termites. Oh, the bat-eared fox outlasts the sandpiper. Jeez. I should start highlighting the ones I didn't vote for in a different color than blue. Blue will be the winning color. Let's say orange. Green? Green is the color that I didn't vote for. So the fox won here. Super upsetting. Sandpiper should have beat him. Okay. Moving on. Owl monkey versus the Caspian tern. Last. Oh, that's a cute little monkey. It's like it. The bird's also kind of cute. Anyway, the last sentence. Rising into the sky above the tree canopy, Caspian tern takes a wing or takes wings to search for less enclosed spaces than this forest. Owl monkey outlasts the Caspian tern. Oh, it says the owl monkey is not typically prey. The Caspian sees no opportunities for hunting in this dark area. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I, I voted for the turn, didn't I? Yes, I did. I'm a little upset. Okay, that's fine. And then we only have one round. The Greater Monkey versus the uh, Giant Fruit Didact? Dirac Fruit Bat. Oops. Didact is the villain from Halo, once again. <laughs> oh, that's a cute picture of the flamingos walking in the line. That's just fruit. Is that is the bat in here? 
well, there's a picture of a bunch of grapes, and I don't see the bat. Maybe he's in there. Maybe he's not. Doesn't matter. Last sentence. That leaves our blurry-eyed fruit bat still circling above the glimmering lake out in the field. Dirac fruit bat outlasts the greater flamingo. Oh, no. Um, eggs. Oh, so some, some birds stole the flamingo's eggs, and the egg went to go get it. That's not fair. Outside forces. Boo. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I have one, two, three, four, five. Five points in dad bods. No points in wild card. Now we're re going on to the mighty strikes. So we're definitely going to read the kudu battle because the kudu is going all the way. And the other one that we're going to read is... We're just gonna read the kudu battle. I don't. I didn't. None of these animals I found that interesting. I mean, the dolphin. Maybe we'll read the dolphin. We'll read the dolphin battle because it's a fish versus a shrew. Or fish. Sorry. Sorry. It's a whale versus a shrew. So we'll go over the dolphin battle. But the kudu's gonna win. So doesn't even matter what the dolphin does, if you ask me. Um, oh, we gotta close this tab. Mighty Stripes. Read all about it. Actually, I can't read that. These are fun. Oh, do we have enough time to do it at work? Maybe. Anyway, yeah, I should probably read it as well. Anyway, the Mighty Stripes, final one. And we have the Okapi versus the Four-Striped Grass Mouse. Or Okapi. Why is there a picture of a zebra? Is a zebra in this? I don't see zebra in this. Where is this? The Okapi. The Grass Mouse. Okay, so last sentence. Excuse me. Four-striped grass mouse can't take the novelty and fleets from the field of battle. Hokapai repels the four-striped grass mouse. Eat it. Oh, I guess it's a smell. Oh, it's a smell that discourages the mouse. I guess that makes sense. Um, Hokapai, I voted to win, so this is good news for me. Blue. Take my point. All right. Greater Kudu, yeah, versus the Badger Bat. Okay, <laughs> float like a butterfly, look like a badger? Also called the Pied Butterfly Bat and Panda Bat. Tonight's bat contestant is a striking beauty of dark fur patterned with light yellow stripes similar to the European badger. This, is a bat that, this bat makes its home in the tropical, moist, lowland, and dry forests of Africa, with most specimens recorded for the Democratic Republic of Congo and South Sudan. With long, narrow wings. Oh, that's a cute bat. Oh, wow, that's a, they got a nice, cute picture of this bat here. Too bad the kudu's going to beat your ass. The badger bat, Glossinctris superba, is likely a canopy species, flying at high speeds to catch insects in flight above the tree. Based on the morphological characteristics, the badger bat was briefly reclassified as New Guinness Numbaha. Numbaha meaning rare or unusual in Zan, the primary language of the Azandu people, the primary ethnic group in South Sudan. Greater Kudos, all right, here we go, Traglaphus strepsiceros. Traglaphus strepsiceros, nice, are one of the world's largest antelope. Yes, they are. They have a dark head and are gray-brown with 4 to 12 light stripes along their midsection that camouflage them from predators like spotted hyena. 
beat the hyenas. Someone in my class, someone in my cohort voted for the hyena win. I, no. Wild dogs and big cats in the forest. Savannas and shrublands in the southern of eastern Africa. Okay. Their legs are long and overall body shape is narrow. Adult male kudus can be twice the size of females, reaching nearly 700 pounds. Good luck, hyena. Their striking twist horns, twist, their striking twisted horns are the largest of many antelopes and are attached to the skull permanently. Antler sheds horns do not. Oh, so these are horns. Tonight's battle takes place at the Istasha National Park in northern Nim- in Namibia, where it is currently the middle of the night. Most of the parks is a lake bed. The recent rains means there is plenty of water and new vegetation growth for browse. Our kudu is a massive male with nearly three full twists in his 4.5 foot. Oh my god, that's like more than half my size. Longhorn. In the darkness, he is browsing on the sweet new growth of maple leaves. Our badger bat is a mate. A mature female is transported by March Mammal Madness magic into the field of battle. She fly, she flits along with a f- flits. That's funny. That's I didn't know that was called flitting. <laughs> That's funny. Along where the forest meets the open grassland, switching between different echolocation calls to learn about an unfamiliar place. Badger Bat detects a large hatch of insects flying above the kudu's heads. She swoops by his ear, catching the insects in her tail membrane and pitching them into her mouth like a butt spoon. Wham! A barn owl snatches, oh, the badger bat out of the air, lands and gobbles the bat down in less than two minutes, removing the badger bat from the field of battle. Kudu outsnacks the badger bat. Narrated by Tara Chestnut and Dr. Allison Brokaw. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. Love that. Awesome. And the kudu is the winner. Highlight the kudu and move back. And the rest of them were just reading the last sentence. Striped hyena versus fire-footed rope squirrel. Ooh, that's a cute, a cute hyena. It's a weird-looking hyena. It's kind of cute, but that is also a cute squirrel. Very cute squirrel. That squirrel's gonna die. Oh, cheers. And that's it for the whiskey. All right. The striped hyena shakes head violently from side to side, snapping small squirrel bones. Oh, cool. <laughs> The striped hyena chomps the fire-footed rope squirrel. Narrated by Professor Patrick K. Connors. Connors. Violent. Anyway, so where's the hyena? hyena? I said the hyena would win, too. Okay, things are going good for my bracket. The striped dolphin versus the checkered elephant shroom. Oh, we should read this. Mm, okay, striped dolphins. Delena Corib... Soriolaba get both their common and scientific names from striking blue-gray and white stripes and blazes, which fan out from eye to tail. Striped dolphins are most robust, are more robust than most dolphins. Individuals can get up to 2.5 meters long and weigh 157 kilograms. While striped dolphins will sometimes travel alone or in small groups, they can be very social from schools of several thousand. Wait, they're going to be dolphin schools of several thousand? I thought it was like hundreds. That's nuts. Oh, oh, sorry, babe. I did not see your chats. A cinnamon roll gave me a bunch of emojis. Hi, babe. Your Siamang won the fight. I don't know if you're still watching. Uh, but yeah, they're getting to the next round. Anyway, while the striped dolphins will sometimes travel alone or in small... Oh, I read that. Elephant shrews, Rikontion cernae, are also called sengi. 
are distant, re distantly related to elephants, but even less related to shrews. The animals got their elephant name because the small mammals have a long and dexterous proboscis they use to help find insects within leaf litter. What the common name does gets right is these elephant shrews are checkered with several black black and white alternative squares and distant stripes running along the length of the back. While the schnoz of the elephant shrew is outstanding, they do not have extraordinary smelling abilities. Analysis of their nasal structure suggests olfication is less refined than dogs. It is a beautiful day in the lush forests of Tanasia where marshmallow mat or March Mammal Magic transports the checkered elephant shrew into the Mediterranean Sea. Oh, dude, this guy's going to drown. Home habitat of the highly seeded striped dolphin. Striped dolphins occur in deep waters away from the continental shelf. Nearby, a male striped dolphin is moving steadily through the warm, pelagic waters. Dolphin streaks through the wave with a minimal drag because of his tapered body shape. Because of his tapered body shape, sorry. Panicked elephant shrew frantically swims in long limbs, adapted for running rather than deep water. The little mammal flails, making tiny splashes, struggling more and more to keep above the swells. The elephant shrew, Jesus, man. The elephant shrew grows exhausted. Soon, only the tip of the elephant shrew's long nose is above the water. Oh, this poor guy. Oh, what a cute picture of the shrew to put right before he dies. Uh, still providing pressure there. Whoosh. Deep water red shrimp trapped in the nets are hauled over by a fishing trawler. Outside forces, boo, but there's bycatch. Sengi is saved for one bycatch rescues a life. For once, bycatch rescues a life. <laughs> okay. The fishing vessel sails on, leaving behind the dolphin on the field of battle. Okay, so I guess the shrew just kind of lives on the boat. <laughs> nice, through bycatch. Uh, the striped dolphin outswims the checkered elephant shrew. Narrated by Professor Brian Tannis. Nice. Good stuff. I voted for the dolphin to win, so this is going to me. Alright, the last three just... Oh, wait. Last four. Just going to read the last sentence. And we have the striped... Side-striped jackal versus the common-striped possum. Totally voted for the jackal. And where is it? Here it is. Unable to climb after its prey, the jackal settles for a fig dinner. Oh, side-striped Jackal displaces striped possum. Oh, okay, so he still wants what a cute possum picture. Look at that cat. That's a wild cat. I thought that's not a wild cat. I thought the wild cat was going to be the U of A wild cat. Although this is created by the ASU, so maybe they don't want us to look cool. Anyway, so we got to go back to my bracket. I voted for the jackal. For the Wildcats and win this one. Okay, the Wildcat versus the Highland Streak Tenric. If we just scroll down. Mm, Tenric watches as the two cats tumble apart, one field fleeing, one feline fleeing, and one feline chasing into the forest. Both felines leaving the field of battle. Tenric outlasts the Wildcat. Narrated by Professor Patrice Connors. I'm sensing a bias, Patrice Connors, but alright. Anyway, we can't win them all, right? So moving on is the Tenric who won this battle. We got Highland with the green, and there's cackling in the background because of the wind. Okay, Sumatran striped rabbit versus the Numbat. Is that the striped? Is that the Numbat or the striped rabbit? Okay, okay, that's totally the Numbat. Cute, very cute Numbat. It's kind of like a small 
dog with a mouse head. Sure. And the rabbit. Okay, okay the rabbit's got an evil eye here, so that doesn't tell you the rabbit's going to win. I don't know what will. Um, I voted for the gnome bed, I think. Skittering to the far side of log to avoid the sun bear. Oh. <laughs> New bed joins the line of tromping termites. Tongue lassoing the tasty treats while toddling off to the field of battle. Some rat rabbit outlasts the numbat. I wonder what happened to the rabbit, you know? Okay, the rabbit remains still. Oh, the Sumatran rabbit outlasts the numbat. Okay, so I guess the Numbat just ran away to a log while the, the rabbit stayed still not to be eaten by the sun bear. Okay, good for the rabbit, I guess. And my Numbat's just out here chomping away on some termites. Okay, striped rabbit wins. Whoops, that's not the right thing. There we go. Next round. The striped polecat versus the giant striped mongoose. Oh, that's a polecat? That's cute. Mongoose doesn't look as cute as a polecat. Anyway. Oh, this is a long one. Was the... There we go. Okay. Overall mortality rates in carnivore populations due to attacks by other predators may be ranged from 40 to 80%. What the? Striped mongoose eliminates the competition. Striped polecat. Oh, okay. So I guess the mongoose ate the polecat? Oh, this must have been an actual fight. I'll read it later. Do, 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 do. Oh, they have a bunch of references here as well for all the fights. That's pretty cool. Okay. So the... Oh, they have a emoji battle. That's cute. That's very cute. Okay. Anyway. Mongoose eliminates the striped polecat. Isn't there... Is there a, like, battle we didn't... Oh, man. I voted for the polecat. All right, well, there we go. So let's see how many points I have. Round one is one point. Wildcat round is one point. Or wild card. Wildcat. Wild card round is one point. But I only have... I didn't get anything in wild card. I only got the other stuff. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten points so far. So let's mark in this PDF that I only got ten points. If I can remember how to do that. I always forget how to... Don't sign anyway um oh you know what i said in the last podcast last podcast i said i would start with a little recap of my week and what's going on so ooh, that's hmm. i'm gonna have to edit that yep that's not great well i mean that's just an email anyway um Let's see. What was I going to say? Oh, I'm going to close out the week uh, by talking about a recap for what I've been doing for the past week. So, um, a little recap of my birthday. That was a big recap. But in terms of my research, I finally got a battery charger for the drone that I was operating because the battery charger I had broke apart. And I need to replace that... Uh, I needed to replace that to get new batteries in. And now that I got the batteries, I can reprogram the drone so that I can actually operate the device because it wasn't allowing me to operate it before. 
which is unfortunate for my research, but things are finally moving along. Let me uh, let me decrease the size of the screen capture so you all can see my beautiful face. But yeah, um, so the robot's getting reprogrammed. Next week, I plan on developing a research uh, timeline. What's the word? Oh, a research plan. I need to develop a research plan to better understand uh, what it is I want to do this semester and what I want to complete with my research because I've been kind of faltering, not in terms of my research, but faltering in terms of just what I want to do. Um, just like in the small goals to complete so that I can keep myself on track. I know what my goals are. I just need to make smaller ones so that I can complete them week by week, which I suggest everybody who is doing, uh, who is in master's school and, or is who in graduate school doing master's or PhD, just have a research plan. Because I had one last semester and that was really helpful for getting work done. Uh, my advisor gave me that idea. Thank you. I didn't do it this semester because I was busy with classes and I feel like my research has kind of like gone to the wayside and that's not good. I need to get back, get right back on it. Uh, next week is spring break, but I'm not going to be going anywhere. I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff involving my research. Uh, definitely developing the research plan. Maybe doing a little bit of homework. And maybe we'll spend one day, maybe try to go to Ocean City or DC or something. Just one day to relax and hang out. Crackling in the background as I'm drinking through my mug. But yeah, I think that that's a nice little recap uh, because I need to get going. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. It's uh, time to close out this episode, everyone. I'd like to thank you all for listening and watching. And if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It's you guys that help me uh, grow and improve as a podcaster, and I appreciate all you do. Please uh, stay safe and... I guess have a good morning. I usually say have a good night, but yeah, have a good morning, guys.